You're listening to an Ancient Future podcast produced by St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm your host, Jamie Howison. This is the second episode in our serialization of John Boddicher's little book, Ten Steps on Freedom Road, Why the Commandments are Good News. In last week's episode, I shared a conversation with John to give you a sense of who he is, what his interests and commitments are, what his experiences have been working in a variety of church contexts and other life experiences, all of which, in a sense, come together to inform this little book on the Ten Commandments and this podcast. Today, we begin actually listening to John read from his book. This episode features three short chapters. His preface, followed by a chapter called The Shape of Freedom, and then Law and Story. Next week, we launch into the longer chapters, starting with one titled The Big Picture. The Big Picture gives a survey, a whirlwind tour through the whole of the biblical story in one chapter. It's, it's rather dazzling. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But I know you'll enjoy this week's episode as well as John lays some groundwork for this project in which he will take us chapter by chapter by chapter on a tour through the commandments and how they have resonance for us in our own time, our own context, and in light of the gospel of the whole of the New Testament. This is John Boddicher. I hope you enjoy. I write this not with the hope of publication and many readers, but because my time and energy are growing short, and there are things I want my children, grandchildren, and surviving friends to hear from me. These words are feeble attempts to express what I have come to see as some of the most important things I have to share with those I love. This is what the Methodists of my childhood would have called testimony. At its worst, testimony becomes an overdramatic, self-centered display of self-righteousness or misplaced and unjustified certainty. Should this testimony fall into one of those traps, I beg the reader's forgiveness. All too often, testimony becomes repetition of old formulae without sufficient critical awareness and personal engagement. When my words seem to fail in this way, I ask you to take it as a sign of my limited imagination and a lack of power to engage in genuine wrestling with voices from the past and visions from the future. I further beg you to engage with these voices yourself, to do me the honor of carrying on the conversation when I have failed to do so. At its best, my testimony is a way of sharing what it means to me to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. I know that words alone cannot express love, but I believe that for human beings, love demands verbal expression as well as actions. It is up to others, up to you, to judge whether my actions are adequate expressions of love. These words are a love letter to life. I've been inspired by some words from the journals of Arvo Part, 
as they appeared in the Christian Century on December 19th of 2018. He wrote, Living according to God's commandments is literally a creative activity. I am not telling you this as though I myself might have accomplished something here, but I am completely persuaded that every step is then a discovery through tears and sweat, of course, a chain of losses and findings, of self-transcendence, of falling and getting up again. Chapter 1. The Shape of Freedom For many people, religion is understood to consist of two parts, beliefs and rules. Beliefs can be seen as arbitrary rules for thinking and imagining, easily dismissed as lacking empirical evidence, and therefore as matters of private individual judgment. The related rules then appear as arbitrary limitations on human actions. Now, once beliefs and rules are so understood, religion can be classified as acceptable, tolerable in a free society, as a matter of private and unaccountable judgment, and religion then is seen as a non-rational set of beliefs connected to a non-rational set of rules that one might, for whatever reason, choose to live by. This is not my understanding of a life of faith. Freedom, for many people, is also seen as something pertaining to individuals. When we say that we live in a free country, we pass by the older sense that our political community is free because it is self-governing, making its own laws. Rather, we mean that our government is constrained to place the fewest possible restrictions on what we do, say, and think. Freedom, understood this way, is at its greatest when each individual can choose without restraint what to do, say, and think. This freedom is limited only by the presence of other free persons within the sphere of one's life. Within this way of understanding freedom, it is hard to imagine why anyone would accept the rules, including the mental rules, called beliefs or creeds, which any religion or other tradition or community would impose upon one's freedom. We might be spiritual, however that's understood, but to be religious in this sense is to surrender one's freedom. This is not my understanding of freedom. The set of laws I intend to explore here are usually called the Ten Commandments, or, in a Jewish context, the Ten Words. In what follows, I will be giving testimony to how I have come to acknowledge the Ten Commandments as offering us a better, truer path of freedom. In the course of this testimony, I will be challenging the way many people understand freedom and faith. My challenge will also have implications for the way religion is best to be understood. If this were a more philosophical writing, I might begin by redefining these basic terms. Instead, I simply warn you that the challenge is present. I will try to present a different and better understanding of freedom as we go. When we have finished our explorations, we can return to these matters to see whether more adequate understandings of faith and freedom are available. 
These deeper ways of understanding freedom and faith are by no means original with me. I've been blessed by great teachers, some of them academic. With two exceptions, I choose not to name them here. I would rather the conversation simply be between you and me. The two teachers I must acknowledge here are Walter Harrelson and Christer Stendhal. Harrelson, a man whom I never met, was a 20th century Christian scholar of what is usually called the Old Testament. He published several books on the Ten Commandments and devoted himself to Jewish-Christian dialogue. Readers who want a scholarly treatment of the themes we will be exploring should consult his writings, still in print. His way of connecting the Ten Commandments to freedom has been formative for me. I thank Christer Stendhal, New Testament scholar and bishop of the Church of Sweden, for a six-week course in the summer of 1959, which opened my eyes to a new reading of Paul's letter to the Romans. Whatever wisdom there is in my treatment of that text and in my understanding of the relation between Jesus' teachings and the Ten Commandments, I owe to him. Now let's begin by showing how each of the Ten Commandments offers genuine freedom to those who would take them seriously, and how each of them gives us a path we can walk joyfully. Chapter 2 Law and Story It is possible to imagine the Ten Commandments floating down from the sky, as if God were saying, This is the way it has to be. These are the conditions under which you must live, unless you want me to get really angry with you. People whose parents or caregivers were strict or impatient, or just plain mean, might imagine the relationship between God and humans that way. But that is not the way the law appears in the Bible. In fact, no human community I know has arrived at their laws that way. Laws always emerge as part of a story. People live together, make mistakes, hurt each other, and at their best, try to learn from what goes wrong. A law is always set in a story, although lawmakers and judges are not always aware of the stories that are shaping their decisions. Strict, impatient, or mean parents or caregivers have their own stories of which they may or may not be conscious. Sometimes, when children are grown, they come to a point where they suddenly can say to themselves, Ah, so that is why mom or dad was that way. Embedded in a story, every law thus reflects experiences in which people have come to see some patterns of action as wrong and hurtful. No community has ever passed a law against something that no one was doing. So laws do not tell us, in our community, no one does this. Rather, they tell us that such things have been done and are done often enough that we have come to see how wrong and hurtful they are. Laws are both evidence of human brokenness and visions of human fulfillment. This evidence is remembered and these visions are carried in stories. So, the Ten Commandments cannot be understood except as part of a story. They do not appear at the beginning of the story, and their meaning develops continually throughout the story. 
Jews and Christians, and in a way Muslims too, share this story. Of course, there are important differences in the way the story is told and interpreted, not just between Jews and Christians, but within each group. I am writing as a Christian of a particular kind, and I know my take on the commandments will be very different, sometimes extremely different from that of others, even other Christians. As I try to interpret the commandments in a way that is faithful to the story we share, I know my understanding is limited and fallible and that others will see them differently. That does not make my testimony less serious. As a Christian, I see the story leading to Jesus of Nazareth, his life, his teachings, his death, and his resurrection. For Christians, the meaning of the commandments is understood as leading toward, through, and beyond Jesus. The story comes to us through the community Jesus called together, and which his spirit continues to lead, however poorly we may follow. We have our own mistakes, wrongs, and hurts, which we have inflicted on ourselves and others. And we have our own storytellers, especially in the Gospels and the letters of the New Testament. My understanding of the commandments is shaped by that experience and tradition. The New Testament sometimes portrays Jesus as a lawgiver. Some Christians have come to see the laws of the New Testament as different from and superior to those of the scriptures we share with Jews. Of course, the Christian version of the story in which the commandments are located is different from the Jewish version, but I am more impressed by how much is shared. I have come to see that the New Testament simply cannot be sensibly understood apart from the original Testament, and that the truth of the New Testament validates and, I would claim, clarifies the truth of that Older Testament. I will have something to say about the teachings of Jesus on the commandments later, but first, I want us to see the Ten Commandments in the context of the story Jews and Christians, and in their own way Muslims, share. You've been listening to a podcast in our serialization of John Boddicher's book, Ten Steps on Freedom Road, Why the Commandments Are Good News. I'd invite you to consult the show notes where you'll find a link to the web post for this episode. And on that post, we will be including each of the episodes as they're released so that it's easy for you to go back and pick up one that you may have missed. 10 Steps on Freedom Road, Why the Commandments Are Good News is easily available through many booksellers, both online and the bricks and mortar sort. And a particularly affordable edition of the book in Kindle format is available through Amazon. Music for this series was provided by Steve Bell. We are grateful to Signpost for their permission to use this music. We're also grateful to John for taking the time to so carefully record these, to Kevin Grummet, Larry Campbell, and Bram Ryan, who did a lot of the background work on this audio, and to you for taking the time to listen, to think, and to dig deeper with us in these podcasts. I'm your host, Jamie Howison. Thanks for listening.